Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, it's the Jason Isbell mini-season, episode one. Everybody, you're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. This is the podcast where two seasons ago we talked about every Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order. But now, today, we are starting a new miniseries in which we are discussing the artist Jason Isbell and his uh, discography, all, all the things that go along with with, with his music. And uh, we'll kind of get into why that is in a second. But first of all, my name is Rob Carmack, and I'm joined here as always by J.B. Clark. What's going on, dude? Hey man, I'm doing okay. Doing all right. Um, yeah, it's I'm, been a little bit. It has. Um, in fact, before we get started, did you want to do like a like a catch up kind of thing? Yeah. Let everybody know kind of where we've been because I know when we Some mentioned highs this in and the lows, peaks and valleys. Yeah, exactly. And, and like we um, in our all media episode, I think we sort of talked about this a little bit, but maybe for those who weren't up for a three hour episode about non music related content, then uh, you know like what's been what's been up because we talked about starting the season in october and it's january and now we're starting the season so yeah you know what's up with us jb well i mean i think we uh we will uh we're both we're both just situated to be so mentally prepared for when things turn back to normal <laughs> yeah i think that's a very generous way of putting it we have uh, been getting our money's worth out of our family and uh and <laughs> and employing america's therapist in the last few months but we're back and better than ever. And, That's right. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're here to remind you that just because it's 2021 doesn't mean that uh, things automatically change. So, you know, stay hydrated. Take care of your mentals. Uh, wear a mask. <laughs> Don't call what you're wearing an outfit. <laughs> Don't call what you're wearing an outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sing in a phony British accent. That's right. Do all the things. Um, yeah, so he ought to. Jason ought to rewrite that song for like pandemic times. You know? Oh yes. Don't walk into stores without a face mask. Don't. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't go to your sister's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> call your sister on her birthday. That's Just right. Call. Just call. Facetime, Zoom your sister on Zoom. her birthday. Yeah, Zoom your sister on your birthday. Yeah. That's good. We 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 well, you know what. Uh, we'll workshop it. Maybe if we get a chance to interview him, we can we can throw <laughs> we'll these ideas pitch, out there. We'll pitch some terrible song ideas at him. How great an interview would that be if we just got him on the horn and we're like, okay, Jason, here's what we got. Here's um, what we think we do, yeah. You got a rewrite uh, outfit in pandemic present tense. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not getting off this call until you do. That's right. We're going we're, we're gonna to help you. We're going to help you workshop this. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> we're doing you a favor here, Jason Isbell. So, yeah, I mean, what you said is right. Like, we, you and I have been on our own sort of mental health journeys, and that sort of made it to where it was difficult probably for us to to abide by a weekly podcasting schedule. So we decided, like, you know, let's, you know, take take a couple of months, get through the holidays, and then uh, regroup and start season three fresh in January. And so that's what we're doing. Yeah. January and, 4th, we're recording. I'm sure this will be out pretty soon after, and, you know, it feels good. It, feels it good does feel good. I'm on the horse. I've been excited to do this. And this is something we've been sort of teasing for, I mean, over a year now, I think. Just the idea yeah. of, like, kind of taking a break from Bruce Springsteen uh, content and, or, you know, talking about Bruce Springsteen every week and instead talking about Jason Isbell, who I think we've t- discussed as kind of a, um, kind of the next generation's Bruce Springsteen in a, in a lot of ways. And I think that's going to kind of show up in some of our music from today that we're going to be mm, talking about for sure. in a minute. Um, so so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend the next seventeen ish weeks or so doing uh talking about the Jason Isbell body of work in chronological order. 
And we're going to start. Uh, you ready to just roll into this, JB? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we're going to start by talking about uh, Jason's time with the band The Drive-By Truckers. So Jason Isbell did not get his start as a solo artist. He got his start as um, as a guitar player and vocalist in the band The Drive-By Truckers. So here's the background. He on... was a third guitar player and fifth songwriter and longtime band The Drive-By Truckers. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the weird thing, too, is like only like I can't think of another band that this ever would have happened in. You know, like I can't think of another band that would have been around as long as this one had. Like, hire a new songwriter, and then on an, his first album that he's recording with you, give him not not just two songwriting credits, but the title song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. So, he, I mean, they must have they must have really seen something in him. And, and anyway, so here, here's, here's the backstory yeah. on the Drive-By Truckers. So the Drive-By Truckers were formed in Athens, Georgia in 1996. And Jason Isbell is from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. So uh, not from Athens, Georgia, but he's joined up with this band from Athens, Georgia. The primary well, founder of... Well, go ahead. Patterson's from Sheffield or from Muscle Shoals. Okay, so they must have met at UGA, is, is my guess. Um, well, I mean, Ath- yeah, the Athens truckers, is a music the truckers did, yeah, I think. Jason yeah. didn't go to UGA. He joined way later. Right. right. Yeah, the, Sorry, yeah, you're the, probably getting there. I was. Jay, so Jay, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so the primary founder of the band was, was Patterson Hood, and Jason joins the band in 2001, which is five years after the original formation of the band. So Jason Isbell is 22 years old when he joins the, the Drive-By Truckers, and at the time, the Truckers returned to support their new album, which is called Southern Rock Opera. And so Jason joins up as um, as the newest like vocalist slash guitar player. So his first contributions as a songwriter to the band show, show up on the 2003 album Decoration Day, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And during part of his time with the band, he was married to Shauna Tucker, who, who was the bass player for the Drive-By Truckers starting in 2003. So Jason joins Drive-By Truckers in 2001, marries Shauna Tucker, who was in the band in 2003. And then on April the 5th, 2007, Jason makes the public announcement that he's no longer in the band, the Drive-By Truckers. Uh, Patterson Hood, it turns out, kicks him out of the band, presumably because of his substance abuse problem and becoming, and this is a quote, an ever-increasingly unpleasant bandmate. So... <laughs> He was he was in the band for six years from the age of twenty two to twenty six, and uh, it should be known that being kicked out of the drive by truckers for substance abuse is like, I, I mean I had a friend who got kicked out of a party band for partying too hard, and it was just like, you know uh, that's kind of what's going on. Not not saying that the drive by truckers are like all druggies or whatever, but like they're a hard rocking, hard working, hard partying band. You know, like they they can drink some beers. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like, I think it probably had less to do with the, the substance abuse and more that it was affecting, like, his chemistry with the other band members. Right, well, and that he could, like, there are people who can drink and keep, you know, keep themselves, and there are people who can't. Yeah. And I think Patterson and Jason fall on different sides of that spectrum. I think they both tell you that. I think that's probably right. Well, and it probably should be said as well that Patterson Hood and Jason Isbell have clearly buried the hatchet, and they, they seem to be on really cordial good terms. In fact, um, they, they promoted each other's new albums this year or last yeah, year. Yeah, they're dear friends. Yeah. And so, so it, it, this is not a thing that has continued to be contentious. In fact, Jason Isbell later on would admit not, not just admit that, yeah, he had a major substance abuse problem, but like he would go to rehab and he would write an entire album about no, we'll, like we'll his talk about struggle. In a few weeks. Yeah. We, yeah. We'll, we'll get that to the is... Southeastern when we get to it. And one and of the so, best like, albums of all time. 
And so he's not only is Jason not like defensive about the substance abuse problem, like that's kind of like one of the major parts of his narrative. So right, that's a cornerstone in his in his platform. It is. So it's this interesting kind of thing, like the fact that he was part of the Drive By Truckers for three albums. And I'm just going to go ahead and say on on the outset, I don't generally respond very strongly to Drive-By Truckers. And I I feel like most of their songs are too long. Um, But they seem like a pretty cool band. You know, Patterson Hood seems to have fostered a real sense of collaboration. Otherwise, I cannot imagine many other bands hiring a 22-year-old guitar player seven years into the life of that band. And yeah. then, or five years into the life of that band, and then letting that person write songs, get the title on the track. next album, yeah, oh yeah, the yeah. title track, and sing them. Like he's got two lead vocal credits on his first album with this band. So like, um, e- what, even though four on the second, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I mean he he really like left some pretty deep f- fingerprints. And I mean I would argue the Jason Isbell songs are the best Drive By Trucker songs oh, in their yeah. entire discography. I think some Drive By Truckers fans would disagree, but um. It's you know he's 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 you can you can hear immediately it just sounds different you know yeah it does it almost doesn't fit ex- except for the fact that like you said Patterson Hood has this incredible sort of um, collaboration ethic and the band has a real like uh, fuck it sort of ethic and that resonated a lot really well with Jason's guitar playing and 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 songwriting and, and sort of upbringing what he brought to it and so. Uh, I think they definitely fostered that in him, you know. For sure. Well, and, and it helps also, I think, that most of their albums, especially the ones that Jason did with them, are basically concept albums about the South. And mm. so I, I think it helped Jason's songwriting for, for Patterson to say, like, okay, we're going to do a whole album about, like, the the cantankerous na- nature of Southerners. So just go write yeah. some songs and see how that comes out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and so, I, I think giving him those guardrails kind of helped sort of focus his early songwriting attempts because I would argue the songs like the there there are okay there are I think nine or ten D- Jason Isbell original songs that he wrote with the Drive By Truckers, which is about an album's worth of songs. I would argue that the stuff he wrote with the Drive By Truckers, compiled together as an album, are better than Jason Isbell's first three solo albums. Yes, yes. And and we'll, and we'll talk more about his solo albums when we get to him. Um, but the well, I, do you mean solo albums or four hundred unit albums? Well, uh, both the 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 albums with his name on the on the front. Okay, yeah, you know, so like beginning beginning with Sirens of the Ditch all the way up through um, what's the Here We Rest? Yeah, you know. So uh, anyway, so yeah, all I I think th- th- those first three albums are fine there. I mean, there's some really good stuff on there, but I think if you put together all of his work with the drive by truckers, um, like together, I, I think, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, cumulatively, I think would have made a better album. I, I, I wish all of his drive by truckers material was actually just one album, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That would I be like that. one of the best albums. Well, I think that the 400 units kind of done a live, almost a live record of those, you know? Yeah. You can find several of these songs with the 400 unit on, on some of their live material. So, uh, yeah, so live from Alabama do. has decoration day. Goddamn lonely love. Danka manual, Alabama pines. There's oh, Alabama pines is a solo. Oh, it's a solo. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch or, or there's at least like four on there. So, Okay, so um, so yeah, you can still find it with the 400 unit, and I think the 400 unit is a better band than the Drive By Truckers, and maybe that's controversial to say as well, but no, it's not. Um, it shouldn't be. They're they're a great band. Um, yeah. 
they are i mean really I, I i tend to really do a lot of comparisons between jason isbell and bruce springsteen but also the e street band and the 400 unit i think there's a lot of similarities um sonically so any and i mean quality musician wise as well and like camaraderie yeah i think so i think there there is a a fraternal sort of nature within the band with, and with a group. wife in the band who he played with before they got married yeah yeah um so anyway, let's. So here's what we're gonna do. So we're gonna break the Drive By Truckers material up into two two separate weeks. So today we're gonna talk about his work with the Drive By Tr- Truckers on his first two albums with them. So we're gonna talk about the songs that he wrote, ju- just his song songs. We're not gonna do every Drive By Truckers songs. We're only gonna do the Jason Isbell ones. So we're gonna do the the two songs that he wrote for Decoration Day, but we're also gonna do the four songs that he wrote for the Dirty South. So Decoration Day is the first album that he records with the Drive-By Truckers. This comes out in 2003. And Jason has two songwriting credits and lead vocal performances on the Trucker. The first one is called Outfit, and the second one is the title track, Decoration Day. And both songs have a lot to do with Fathers and Sons. They're both very Bruce Springsteen-ish. Mm. So and um, these are two of the best songs he's ever written. I totally agree. I, in fact, I texted you the other day. Like, I, I cannot believe like he just came out of the gate with these two songs. Yeah. You know? Um, which, I mean obviously like i said like patterson hood must have a really like strong sense of collaboration and quite frankly like probably like a pretty healthy sense of um confidence in in himself because he 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 never felt threatened enough by jason to be like we're not putting your song even though like these two songs are the best two songs on this album patterson hood never said like no you don't get to do they didn't like george harrison him you know what i mean like they totally let him Come to the table. I feel like Patterson Hood could have like a uh, hill country cult that didn't like nothing bad happened to. <laughs> you know, I don't. I'm not saying he would. Cool you know, I'm not saying he would. That's the thing about most people who would be good at being cult leaders is I don't think. I think first things first, they just wouldn't. Yeah, good cult leaders would never start a cult. <laughs> yeah, but um, but I get that vibe from him. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man, I get that because, like, like I said, he's he seems to to have a genuine sense of. Uh, camaraderie and um, uh, collaboration with, with the people that he works with. And people seem to really like working with him, which is... Have you heard the interview that he did with Marin? No. Oh, it's they're like... They're kindred souls. Marin's like a big Patterson Hood fan. I gotta go find that. Yeah, I, I it's don't know great. And then it. Patterson sings some songs at the end, just like in the garage, and it's real nice. Oh, that's nice. He talks, though, about like Jason got to be good friends with his dad. And that was weird. Yeah. Because I think with, maybe they didn't have a great relationship. With Patterson's dad? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and that's kind of he showed up on his radar. Because, you know, Jason's just gigging around town since he was, you know, a kid. Well, it's funny, too, considering, like, how deeply contentious, like, father-son themes, like, flow in this album. <laughs> that he, oh, for like, sure, yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, you want to talk about Outfit? Yeah, let's talk about Outfit. Dude, okay, this so- mm. So this is this is the first song um, that Jason, the, on Decoration Day, this is Jason's first songwriting slash vocal credit. Don't call us you wearing an outfit. Don't ever say your car is broke. Don't worry about losing your accent. A southern man tells better jokes. Have fun, stay clear of the needle. Call home on your sister's birthday. Don't tell him you're bigger than Jesus. Don't give it away. 
this in 6-8 time? I was listening to this thinking, like, I don't usually, like, recognize a, a time signature, but this feels like sort of like a waltz-ish 6-8. Yeah, it's one, it's, it's 3-4. 3-4, okay. You could, you know, the math works that you could call it 6-8. Okay, cool. Um, so I, I was close. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll waltz is 3-4. Right. Waltz is 3-4, so, like, that's the right word. Oh, okay, so I was right about the waltz, I was just wrong about the numbers. Well, right, because it's about the emphasis, so there's only, you know, like, the one emphasis. So okay. in 6-8, it's... One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. And in, in the waltz, it's one, two, three, one, two, three. Okay. Well, that is definitely what this is. So this song, Outfit, is a song filled with hypothetical words of advice. I won't call it wisdom. We'll call it advice from a father, a hypothetical father to a son. So it's it's sung in second person um, tense. And it is all, it, it's, it's basically just a father telling a son basically how to, how to be a man. Which it makes me think later, like later on in Hope the High Road, where it says, um, he said, what, what, what's the, what's the line where he says, uh, I used to want to be a real man. I don't even know what that even means. You know, like, yeah. I wonder if this song is sort of a reflection of him kind of tapping into that, like at a really early age. You yeah. Know? Just like the, the weird, like toxic masculinity that just exists in the South. Cause to me, I don't. I don't think he's lifting this. Up. I, I. I could totally see how there would be people who would read this as it not a tongue in cheek kind of thing. Like, yeah, this is this is masculinity. Like, I would imagine right. there's lots of people from the South who see this not ironically at all. But knowing the rest of Jason's work as as I do, I totally understand, or at least I assume that this is him kind of channeling. Like, not not always. Like, some of this advice is fine. Some of it is not. You know what I mean? And and some of it mm. is is more about pride. And then then about like actually being like a, a good, decent human being. And it's all sort of mixed up in there because it's all about like this is what a Southern father in, in a lot of ways, in a lot of contexts, would probably try and pass down to his son. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like with all good advice from Southern fathers, about half of it's great. And and then half of it is just the perspective that will make the other half absolutely toxic. <laughs> yeah. Like, so don't try to change who you are, boy, and don't try to be who you ain't like it's good to not try and be who you ain't, but yeah. you should always try and change who you are, boy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's the thing. Is like the the implication here is like don't ever grow. Like just sort of stay. Like well, I mean, which he'll channel into on the next album with "We Ain't Never Gonna Change," right? Like yeah. Um. So so he continues to sort of like tap into that vein. So the chorus to this song, I, I want to read that. This this is my favorite. I'm just gonna go ahead and say of the six songs we're talking about today, this is my favorite one. So well, the, the chorus cor- is just incredible it's so good so it's the chorus is don't call what you're so and again this is a father speaking to a son don't call what you're wearing an outfit don't ever say your car is broke but he don't sings worry. it like a dad like a southern dad would say it you know oh, he, like yes yeah. yeah he does Ugh. then he says don't worry about losing your accent a southern man tells better jokes which by the way that part is true um it is. <laughs> and then says have fun but stay clear of the needle Call home on your sister's birthday. Could be worse advice. No, yeah, call home on your sister's birthday. That's like be a good brother. And yeah. then the the last the last line I, I I really think is funny where it says, "Don't tell them you're bigger than Jesus. Don't give it away." Which of course is a reference to John Lennon, where right. you know very famously John Lennon tells a, a an interviewer, uh, like he's in, in in the context of the interview, John Lennon is kind of like baffled by like how popular they are, and so as a form of hyperbole, he says, um, "Like we're we're even bigger than Jesus." And of course, American evangelicals were like, "How dare you, sir!" And you right. know, so, and it became a whole thing. And John Lennon got pretty <laughs> pissed off about the fact that he had to continue answering for this for a long time. But I love that Jason's thing is like, where is it? it says, "Don't tell him you're bigger than Jesus. Don't give it away." In other words, like, 
you are, <laughs> but just don't tell anybody. You know what just I mean? Don't like, let them know. Yeah. yeah, just don't let them know. Let them figure that out for themselves. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that and and then later on where he talks about how um, he says, "Don't let them take who you are, boy, and don't uh, don't try to be like you said. Don't try and be who you ain't, and don't let me catch you in Kendale." With a bucket of wealthy man's paint, which is a way of, I love that line because it's because at the beginning he talks about how his job, the father's job, is painting houses, and the assumption is he's painting houses for rich people in Kendale, and and so he's saying like, and the best advice I can give you here, don't grow up to be like me, which is so Bruce Springsteen, right? Like this is factory, this is mm-hmm. um, Independence Day, it's Adam raised the cane, it's all the different ways where he says like I ain't gonna uh, let them do to me what I watch them do to you. Except this time it's coming from the father, and it's the father saying, "Do not let them do to you what they did to me." You know, it's, so it's almost a healthier father son relationship if you can call it that. Yeah, at least at this level, it's in between Factory and um, oh, what's like the Christian folk guy Andrew? Um, oh, I don't know, Family Man. I'm a family man. I traded in my Mustang for a minivan. Oh, I don't know. Using up my vacation to go to Disneyland because I'm a family man. It remind. It's like a. It's like a clean cut between family man and factory. It's like a. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, this song is good. This this is such a well written song. In fact, I went yesterday and I just went and found as many live cuts as I could of this, like of him doing it with the 400 unit, and they crushed this song. I. To me, this is not a drive-by trucker song. This is a Jason Isbell song. Well, dude, and they get they get real, um, real skinnered at the end of it. Oh yes, they do. Just they three really guitar do. players running circles around each other for a minute. Um, yeah, and it's the kind of the first, uh, you know, recorded like Isbell. Um, it's not like a ripping solo, but it's like a really pretty, like clear sort of ode, like a southern, you know, like a southern ode. It's like yeah. hearing the bagpipes in the hills, you know, kind of but a guitar solo. <laughs> it's incredible that he's 22 years old, and this is the first thing that he puts out with this band. You know oh, it reminds I mean? me of, like, Parker Millsap putting out Homeless at 17, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, this much about life. <laughs> or Bruce Springsteen, you know, like, his first two records, and you're just like, seriously? Oh, yeah. I mean, Bruce is 22 when Wild the Innocent comes out. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the fact that you could write Lost in the Flood when you're 22 years old, like, What? Like, right. that, like that, I get the river. Impossible. It's a little early in life to be able to write that much, but like I get it, right? Yeah. He's a young man trying to figure out being a man while still trying to be in a bar band. Right. But <clears throat> yeah, whenever that really early stuff. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. It's, it, it's unreal. So, um and uh, any other thoughts on on outfit? Like any any things you want to uh, I mean, add, yeah, add but I I'm excited about decoration day. I'm ready to get to decoration day. All right, well uh, then yeah, let, let's move on. Let's talk about the song decoration day. It's decoration day. Never mind a rolling stone on his grave. What will he say? Keeping me down, boy, won't keep you away. It's decoration day. And I knew the hill boys had put him away. But my daddy wasn't afraid. He said we'd fight till the last loss and last living day. Let me start off by saying, I, I didn't, I really like the drive-by truckers as like um, a concept. You know, if I hear that Patterson Hood's on the radio or, you know, like if I found out that, you know, he had a new book coming out or something, like I'd be excited. I'd read it. I don't listen to him a bunch, you know. Yeah. Just they're cow punk and they're not my favorite cow punk band. So I listen to my, you know, my favorite one. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, instead, which is American Aquarium. <laughs> oh, sure. And um, so when I heard the 400 unit play Decoration Day at possibly the last concert I went to <laughs> before like all ever. This, yeah. yeah. That'd be crazy. Um, Did you and I both see the 400 unit? Was that was that was that both of our last concerts? I don't know that it was my last concert. Like I haven't researched it, but it for sure um, was mine. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they start playing Decoration Day, and the two guys I'm with are big fans of of his old stuff, and of the Truckers. They you know they went to Memphis at the same time he was there, University of Memphis, and so um, you know they've been kind of like fans of his since. It was just he was like a bar guy in town, and um, and so they were excited when he started playing Decoration Day. And I'm like, oh, you know, he's playing old trucker stuff. It might be time to get a beer or something. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, man, beat, beat I, the line for when they all go when he does White Man's World. Right. <laughs> well, it's Tupelo. You know, Tupelo is a pretty progressive town. The county boys didn't come out to see him. Uh, yeah, it was just they they did the small setup for all of us who lived downtown. <laughs> Man, I saw him in Oklahoma, and when he did White Man's World, it was like a mad dash, like to the to the yeah. to the bar. Yeah. Anyway, that's um, that's a conversation for future episodes. <laughs> for future episodes. Yeah. When April and I were talking about this episode tonight uh, at dinner, we talked about how that just watching them play Decoration Day, just watching him and Sadler trade off when it builds up, you know, just yeah. watching Jimbo like really get down and grind the gears on the basement <laughs> uh was like worth that was worth the ticket she mm. and april's cheap as april's cheap as hell man <laughs> and she would have paid 45 dollars to watch them play that seven minute song mm. and not complained about it like it was incredible it was <laughs> it was i mean one of the best live songs i've ever seen i totally uh, believe that yeah and it was one that i went you know like was just kind of like about to not watch so, yeah, I'm into it. Great guitar work. You know, obviously any song about, uh, you know, Southern Family Feuds, I'm, I'm all about. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the, the theme of this, it, again, very Bruce Springsteen. Like, it, it's got a full story. Like, he takes five minutes and he tells basically a multi-generational story about a feud. And not, not just that, but also, like, how he feels about his father and the fact that his father yeah. passed this feud down to him. So... I love that I've got family in Mobile Bay and they've never seen my daddy's grave, but that don't bother me. It ain't marked anyway. Yeah. So um, we went and looked at my, so my dad recently joined a fish cult. It's just sure. a cool, you know, how every group of friends is like, we should just buy some land. Yeah. And you know, we could all build houses on it. We don't have to deal with all the bullshit and town, you know, like they, <laughs> they did it. And then they also built other houses for people to stay in and they just fish and they have like a bar on camp. It's like camp for Arkansas folk. And it's uh, 11 miles from the cemetery where his great-great-grandfather was born. I mean, was buried. <laughs> his grandfather was not born in a cemetery. I mean, so, like, it's listening to this... <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there is a sign up front that's like, call so-and-so before digging or before exhuming or something like that. And I was like, it's that chill? You can just come out here and grab somebody? Just give somebody a call and let them know. Yeah. You're, I'm going I'm to take this guy. Hey, Debbie, I'm about to dig up Merle. All right, just wanted to check. But um, I need the gold out of his feelings. <laughs> hey, no. Hey. I got some debts that no good. honest that's, man that's, can pay. That's too far. Hey. But, like, uh, I, listening to this song, sort of driving through the hills of, of uh, you know, North Alabama, and, uh, you know, it was it was a little more real to me. It was, it was kind of 
it was interesting. And me and my dad noted that like we've spent a lot of time together. We haven't seen this song together, but we've seen um, "If I Get Murdered in the City" and "Independence Day" together. <laughs> yeah. And so it's only a matter of time before we watch "Decoration Day" together. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, in the yeah the story here, I mean, I I. I I almost can't believe it's not a Bruce Springsteen song. So the the story here is about a son who openly hates his father, who is dead. And I guess, is, is Decoration Day, is that the day that you go visit somebody's grave and leave flowers? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's the impression that I got. And so so he's he's visiting his father's grave, even though he hates his father. And he's still dealing with the generational pain that he inherited, namely a feud against another family led by a patriarch named Holland Hill, who was the man who shot his father in the chest. And I love the line... Where he says, um, he says, I know the caliber in my daddy's chest, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, so, so just the, anyway, I, 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 we won't do it here just because of time and we, we still have four other songs to talk about, but like, if just take a minute, go, not just listen to the song, but go find the lyrics and just read through them. And it's just, this is such a great short story, you know, mm-hmm. like, again, this is why we talk about Jason Isbell as like our generation's Bruce Springsteen. Um, because, well, first of all, we're desperate for another Bruce Springsteen because Bruce Springsteen is in his seventies now. Yeah. But also like Jason Isbell, like at 22 was able to write songs like this. And he, he's been able to not unlike Bruce Springsteen tell these really elaborate, really well thought out nuanced stories in under five minutes, you know, that are deeply moving, but also like, I know everything I need to know about these two families, the Hill family and the Lawson family, you know? Um, so anyway, it's, it's a great song. I love this song. I do too. It's incredible. So, so yeah, the two, I, and I mean, I, I, I like all the songs that we're going to talk about today, but we've already, we've already talked about my two favorite. I, I think his work on the decoration day album, even though it's only two songs, I think that's the best. I think these are the two best songs that he does with the drive-by trackers. Mm-hmm. Now that said, he's got some new in. So, so that covers 2003's decoration day. Are right, you want to go ahead and move on to the dirty South? Yeah. Let's hit the dirty South. Okay, so in 2004, one year later, the Drive-By Truckers release another album. Also, this is Jason's second album with the band. And now, this time, Jason has four songs instead of just the two that he had on the previous album. So apparently, Patterson felt so good about how Jason's material came out that he doubles the space right. for, for his material. Which, by the way, is more than George Harrison ever got on any Beatles album. <laughs> um, so so he's, got two, he's got four songs uh, instead of the previous two. And it seems like they really are like realizing like, oh, this guy, this guy is a great young songwriter and we need, mm. we need to give him as much space as we can. So, um, but I also love that Patterson wasn't like, but let's hitch our wagon to, you know what I mean? Patterson was like, we're going to keep on drive by trucking. Yeah. And, uh, you just keep on drive by trucking too, you know? That's kind of, yeah. That, and that is sort of one of the interesting things here is that the drive by truckers remain the drive by truckers. Like in the, it's, it's almost like joining the circus. Like he was, he was part of the band for a little while. He wrote some good songs with them. Then he left the band, and the Drive-By Truckers remained basically the same band, the Drive-By Truckers. Yeah, the no. Drive-By Truckers put out two records this year, last year, in 2020. Like, the Drive-By uh, Truckers continue to write prolifically and, good, and like, write good music. Well, a part of that probably has a lot to do with the collaborative nature of how they work, right? Like, yeah. if, if, I, if I'm Patterson Hood, and I'm, I'm willing to let every band member like come to the table with a new song like that, that broadens my ability to, to like put out new stuff. Yeah. 
And I just love the whole like ethic of like we're gonna play country music, but we're gonna do it with like the gain wide open and a rap pedal on, you know? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's almost like there's no, I mean as long as they remain who they are, there there's nothing that's too like out there for. for I this think band. he we're, said something to Mark Marin about like it doesn't matter what we do; it'll always be country because we're so country. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and yeah, and I, I think me and my friends the older we get, like the more country music we write, and I think that's just because it's so baked into who we are, you know, even mm. though like, that's not even something that I listen to a ton. It's just like so baked into my everyday life that that's what I write. Well, and I love that confidence. I, I love that, that willingness to know yourself well enough to be able to say like, yeah, whatever I do, it's, it's just, it's going to be a genuine reflection of who I am because that is just, that is the nature of who I am. You know? Yeah. Like, he was like, I mean, I write punk songs, but it comes out cow punk, you know, I think yeah. it's kind of how he put it. Like, um, man, that's yeah. great. I need to listen to that. Yeah. So John Henry is is the first of the tracks on on the Old South that Jason the day wrote, John so. Henry died. The day John Henry died. Sorry. I watch the rain it settled in, disappeared for days again. Most of us were staying in lazy like the sky. Letters flew across the wire, filtered through. Classic, um, you know, I think every Southern or, like, folk musician's got to write a John Henry song. Or at least cover the song John Like, that's, a, that's like, yeah. we're, we're comparing him to Bruce Springsteen. Bruce even, like, two years later releases a cover of a folk song about John Henry. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I love the line, and this isn't by any means, like, a song I listen to that often, but the line always sticks out to me. We knew about that big machine that ran on ho- human hope and steam. Yeah, like that's, that's a great the line. John Henry was the mach- was a machine just like any other machine, but like it ran on human hope and, and steam. So. Yeah, and just the the equation of John Henry, the the human being John Henry, with like farm equipment and like yeah, that's that is how black people in the South were viewed, you know. And so like yeah, it's true. He, um, and and so that he's he's willing to really confront that, um on a track by a trucker's album. And I mean, he's able to do it inside the, the very well-known story about John Henry. If he'd written white, white man's world, Patterson would have been like, we're not putting that on our album. You know what I mean? Um, but, but I think that Patterson he's able, would have been into it. He might've been, I don't know, but the, the fans of the drive by truckers would not have been into it. Yeah. Yeah. Half but, of them for sure. But not unlike I, other, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was, there's one other line in the song I really love is John Henry is still driving bastard, but John Henry is a bastard. Just the same. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah, man, he's so good at writing like these single lines that make you think, like, dear God, how is it possible no one ever said that in a song before just now? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, he's he, like, he is so so good at that. That's one of the things that he's makes got him such that a skill. Like, uh, um, I forgot his name, Jimmy World. Um, like you can listen to a Jimmy World record for the first time and somehow sing along. <laughs> yeah, like he's got that. Uh, Jason Isbell has that too. Yes, he really does. He, he he's able to like the hooks and the ability to just like grab you with his imagery. I mean, like tr- truly one of the great songwriters of our generation. Like so, when you watch him sing the um, thank I thank God for the work, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you you feel it like you thought that thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this song, it, it seems like an allegory about the working class. It, de- it deals a lot with disenfranchisement and automation, which is something, you know, it, like, n- so there's the race component to it, but there's also the working class component and, and the, 
um, the the idea that automation is is de- in a lot of ways is dehumanizing to to the workforce because it, what it, what it's saying is that human beings are just like are no more valuable than a machine if the machine can do better work and only John Henry can do the work of the machine so the machines are going to replace everybody else because John Henry died you know yeah but and he's saying and he says an engine never thinks about his daddy and an engine never needs to write its name yeah <laughs> and uh, and so he's kind of saying like so you know what we don't need your machines to do our work anymore either you know like. Yeah, and that's in the sort of the next line of we're packing our bags and we're heading to L.A., uh, which is I think is sort of like sort of a, you know, not unlike Bruce Springsteen, sort of like an allusion to, like the creative life. Yeah, well, I wonder is is moving to L.A. is that building the railroads? Is that the Great Depression? Like everybody heading west looking for yeah, jobs? yeah, everybody's heading west looking for jobs too. But I, I think it's also like just the Western stars. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like the there's a there's a better future out there, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it's for somebody who thinks about his daddy and writes his name. Mm. Yeah, someone yeah. who can do the the mental work. So basically, like the South is becoming a more and more hostile place, not just for people who are not white, but also for people who like are willing to do any number of versions of manual labor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, so it's a good again. I mean, again, like very much in the vein of a Bruce Springsteen. Like he's writing songs like in solidarity with the working class. He's using the John Henry narrative to, to kind of pull it together and root it in a in an American mythology. And so then, the next song of his on this is Danko Manual. Let the night air cool you off. your head back and try to call Don't say nothing about the things you never saw Let the night air cool you off Danko Slash Manual Just an interesting so, name for a song It is, well, and the thing is, it's named for two members of the band and so Rick, Rick Danko was the bass player for the band, and Richard Manuel was the uh, keyboardist slash sometimes lead vocalist for the band. And they were both dead by the time that the song was written. And so and the thing about how both of them died was, first of all, Richard Manuel died of suicide while he was on tour in Florida. And then Rick Danko died in 1999 of heart failure just days after finishing a tour. So it's both, it, so both men died in like direct connection with having just been on tour with on the, the road, band. yeah, yeah, and so it begins. It makes me think like, I wonder if uh, being a professional touring musician was beginning to take its toll on Jason. That th- that he would write a song about Rick Danko and Richard Manuel, you know? Dude, it's hard. I mean, I can I cannot even imagine. And I've never done it, you know, for that long. <laughs> you know, a couple weeks here, almost a month there, and you're like, it's. It's uh, and you always long for it. Is you know, like I still today would love to like hop on a tour for a week or two. You know, it's like Phoebe Bridger said on uh, NPR the other day. She said, "I can't wait to hate touring again." <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the Drive By Truckers are a notoriously hardworking, hard touring band. You know, yeah. And so they he tour, joins up. They are playing, you know, two hundred nights a year at least back then. Yeah, uh, I think they've slowed down a good bit, but like, I think everybody slowed down a good bit. At least, yeah, <laughs> at least two hundred nights a year, 
they're not playing in like places where they have big green room setups. These guys are playing, you know, in shitty bars. They're like the biggest bar band. You know what I mean? They're kind of like spoon. They're like, yeah. uh, they're like satisfied to be absolute rock stars at the, you know, the, at the level above rock star. <laughs> yeah. But that means they have to work really hard and, and they did for a long, long time. I mean, they still do, but like there was a lot of nights sleeping on floors, getting drunk enough to sleep on the floor. Yeah. Well, and, and this whole album or this whole song is about sort of that is about the image, basically like the narrative you tell yourself versus the reality that you're living. Um, and, and so he, he says, um, where he says, first they make you out to be the only pirate on the sea. Then they say Danko would have sounded just like me. Is that the man you want to be? So just like the idea of they, they make it seem like you're the only pirate out on the sea. They make, they make it seem like this is you're a rock star. You're out there and you're you're living this rock and roll dream that like most people could only dream about. And then he says, yeah, but like the last the last person I could compare it with was Rick Danko. And he died after going on tour, you know, like, so yeah. um, is that the man you want to be? I, I this is a powerful, like self-reflective song. And again, Jason Isbell is 23 when he writes this, he's already beat down by the road. Like if, if I had heard this song and knew nothing else about the rest of his career, I would say like this guy either died or flamed out within the next two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never in a, in a million years would have imagined that 16 years later, we'd be sitting here talking about how he's, he's just now doing his best work, you know? Yeah. So, um, so he, he clearly got a hold of himself in some sort of way, but it does sort of speak to like, man, no wonder he was, um, relying so much on substance, on on, on the, these these things that help you sort of numb how you feel about things, because like man, he he probably needed it. Like he was clearly he was he was clearly dealing with some stuff, you know. Yeah. And, uh, otherwise, a professional musician who writes a song about Rick Danko and Richard Manuel, like that's not a happy musician. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? Like these 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 were not happy stories. Speaking you know? of going through some stuff, never gonna change, man. Yeah, okay, so the next song, Never Gonna Change. Yeah, this is, it's a little more a upbeat. Solid it's rocker. Like, yeah, but still, like uh, he says, um, "Don't come around where you don't belong." Blah blah blah. They look all mean and strong, mean like liquor, mean like fear, strong like the people from South Alabama, and mean like the people from here. Take it from me, we ain't never gonna change. It's yeah, it's heavy, dude. Um, yeah, it just it just talks about like how kind of stuck in it they are. You know, and and it kind of talks about how like stuck in it, stuck in that place. You know, they are the guys in the band. Like, you know, yeah. they're a bunch of cowpunks living in a. You know that you know. I'm sure they believe in personal liberties, but I don't know if they're <laughs> trying to like back down the ATF. You know, like everybody around them is. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it's very southern attitude here. It goes directly mm. to the theme of of the record, the Dirty South. You know, like this is, like. <laughs> You know, dirt, a lot of narratives dirt. are about like growth, and this is like don't don't come over here looking for growth. We are we are who we are, and we are never gonna like 
we're never going to change. And, and a lot of these songs, and we talked about outfit, but but a lot of these, and I mean, quite frankly, Decoration Day are pretty critical of Southern masculinity culture. And yeah. and I think only someone from the South could get away with this kind of thing. I think if Bruce Springsteen had written this song, people from the South would have responded a lot like cops responded to 41 shots. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, Because this song is like... And again, I realized that not unlike Born in the USA, this is a song that people from the South can hear and be like, yeah, hell yeah, we're never going to change. We're the same, you know, rednecks for rednecks. Or, but if you really take a look at the lyrics, you're like, no, like this, this is not good. You know what I'm saying? Like this is right, an abusive right. song. And, and he's basically saying like like the, the perspective of the song is deeply unhealthy. And I, I love Jason because he's, he's been dealing with that the whole time. That idea, that Southern masculine idea. And... Yeah. And I love that he's speaking into it. I, I think we talked about how the Avett Brothers' newest record was pretty on the nose. I guess yes. one before that. And uh, like the Bang Bang Shoot 'em Up movies where they're talking about like all their neighbors practicing to be Rambo while I'm in here just trying to keep the Sabbath holy. And it's real yeah. tongue-in-cheek, but it's like, look, dude, don't talk to me about Southern ideals. Or we talked about the Tyler Childers record on our, you know, yeah, uh, into the year throwdown. He's like, don't talk to me about southern ideals if you ain't gonna pick a fiddle, if you ain't gonna grow an organic vegetable the way you know, like organic ain't some hippy dippy shit. That's the most southern thing you can do. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's good. Yeah, and that's that's kind of this idea, and I, that's why I love Jason Isbell's because like, I don't, I'm not saying that I haven't moved to the left as I've you know aged, grown, experienced different things, whatever, in the course of my life, but like I have not moved severely to the left. Like I have a tattoo of a cattle brand on my ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and I live in this world wherever people are like, boy, you, you know, like the Jason Isbell, uh, he played for a democratic candidate and somebody said that he was the unhinged left. And he was like, man, my wife's on tour. So my daughter's on the bus with me right now. Like I got to finish up and go do story time and get to bed. I'm hinged as hell right now. <laughs> you know? And like, that's how I feel is like, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm not Southern and conservative. I don't know what you're talking about. Like you change the rules and that's, yeah. and that's where he's coming from is like this. He's like, I'm with you. I just am. You're not with you anymore. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Well, that, and that's a really good point too, is, is that like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's some stuff that the, the people from this culture have, have decided that aren't, good or that they don't like it anymore but like you said like growing veg growing your own vegetables is is a southern tradition and like that you're making Not fun of like hipsters in brooklyn for doing it yeah yeah your own organic vegetables we used to have an organic farm just because we had seeds and dirt that's why yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like for sure not because we had you know and because it it's the right way to do it because we knew the way to do it year after year after year after year and that's you know and also we knew we had free cow shit right here so we could use that you know what i'm saying it's not like People are coming here with some crazy, insane new yeah. message. It's just like you know, crop rotation is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, take care of the soil. This yeah, isn't, if yeah, this if isn't you put something night. on your weeds and then your tomato looks like an alien and kills your grandfather, <laughs> maybe don't put that on the weeds. Just maybe let the weeds be. Yeah. By, by the way, th this is sort of an aside, but Jason Isabel is a great follow on Twitter. Oh, and, he's but so funny. It, it, the the thing about being unhinged, he did a great callback to that. Um, the night after the election was called, because um, the president started number forty five. He started tweeting like rigged election, written like get it back, like stop the count, and then and Jason Isabel like quote retweets him and says, "Who's unhinged now?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So funny. Um, yeah, man. So never going to change is, is a great, again, a, a great critique of Southern masculinity culture. And, and it's and also it a solid a wah, rock song. It also has a wah pedal in the solo, which is a subtle critique of, <laughs> of toxic masculinity. <laughs> Cause it sounds like crying. Well, I was just going to be like, I, I just think that wah pedals are mostly used in like super masculine rock. And so oh. he's singing a song about, Challenging toxic masculinity with a ripping wah pedal guitar solo in it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing too. Is like he's using the devices of like hardcore, like masculine country country music here. Like th- this sounds this sounds like something you'd blare loud at Billy Bob's. You know. Well, and, and not because it's a good way to get in, because that's the life he lives. You know. That, he, yeah, that's his music. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he grew up listening to. Like he paid so much money, and played extra like so many extra solo shows so his band didn't have to bear the brunt of it so that he could buy the guitar that they used to record um sweet home alabama <laughs> like he's southern <laughs> he really is this is not yeah this is not an act well in every every show every, he always walks out on stage says into the microphone my name is jason isbel this is the 400 unit we're all from muscle shows alabama for the most part that's always what he says first so yeah. like he starts every show by reintroducing the idea of like we're not pretending you know we're we're not you know we, we don't come from brooklyn and have just adopted this sound we are like this sound is is who we are well like and when he came to tupelo he talked about how his mom comes to tupelo to watch um oh, i forgot his name paul thorne more than he does she does go see his shows and that he used to grow up going to the mall in tupelo because it was the only mall in like three hour drive and and uh and so that and then he sang the song tupelo you know it's just like yeah oh it's so right on (laughs) it's it's so funny that it's just like the most right on tupelo is the most sung about least uh visited song taylor swift has a song about tupelo on her new record and i forgot what my tweet about it was but it was like tupelo is the most sung about least tupelo like the mississippi river is the most sung about least visited uh (laughs) muse objective muse but um yeah, like he's a real. He's from here. Like, yeah, we. I, I can sign off on it. I'm from For here sure. too. I grew up. I, I mean, I grew up playing in the same bars he did in in Sheffield. I've got some wild stories about Sheffield. Oh, that's crazy. Um. Well, and then we have our final song, which is "Goddamn Lonely Love." I got green and I got blues. And every day. This is a I mean, hang dog heart sick song. Yeah, you don't even have to have lyrics after a title like that. No, yeah, the, you the title says it all. Steel. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. sad. It is sad. Well, it's uh, all about the ways that we like mask our own loneliness. I mean, this is a cry for help. This song here, because like again, like if you want to know if Jason was struggling with like substance abuse, this song might have been a tip off. Like, yeah, he's, he's well, I ain't really falling asleep. Numbing. I'm fading to black. That's right. Yeah, he's <sighs> blacking out every night just to feel normal. So on the same album, he's got Danko Manual and he's got Goddamn Lonely Love. Like, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's dealing with some stuff. 
I, I mean, the first line is I've got greens and I've got blues, and every day there's less difference between the two, which mm-hmm. is is a just the um, structuring of those two of those two lines is is like the meter of those two lines is is a very isbel. That meter comes back again and again and again, not like in a repetitive way, but like in a that's how he tells the story, and it's really cool, you know. Yeah. Um, he always like if you want to like look at good songwriting, go look at the first line of almost every song he's ever written. He is great. He is the master of the opening line. Oh yeah. yeah Last man. year was a son of a bitch for almost everyone I know. Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> or what's the one off the new one? Um, this used to be a ghost town, but even the ghost left town. <laughs> I've been singing that all day in my head. This uh, this used to be a ghost town, but even the ghosts got out. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, something, something, something. There's dust in the swimming pool. <laughs> he is no, pan- ash. There's ash in the swimming pool. He's so good. <laughs> so good at, at just writing that opening line. Like, yeah. every opening line, it's like, oh my gosh, how did he How did he do that? that I mean, yeah. I, just as somebody who writes things, I, I'm, that, I'm in awe. That one line, this used to be a ghost town, so you think, oh, things have turned around. And they have. The ghost got out. Even yeah, the ghost even got, the ghost got, got out. out. Yeah, not, not even the ghost wanted to stay at this ghost town. Yeah. Oh, um, God, it's such it's a great. good song. So anyway, so how do you feel about about this song? I mean, I think it's a goddamn lonely song. <laughs> it is, That's and exactly I love it. it. I mean, I love it. He, this reminds me, somebody, uh, um, I guess had just found Jason through like sports Twitter, and I forget his teams, but they were like, "Oh, you follow the Braves and whoever he follows for football, maybe Clemson. I don't remember. I don't think it's Clemson. And is it not just wh- Alabama?" Oh, yeah, he does. So it must have been somebody else because Alabama is like always wins. But I was like, you follow the Braves and -and so-and-so else. Uh, What are you, a sucker for sadness? And he replied back, I invite you to listen to my records. (laughs) (laughs) Or, yeah, um, he, I think, again, great Twitter follow. Like there there was one point where, because, oh, the, when they called the election for Biden, he he tweeted that America just got dropped off at rehab, and then and then somebody tweets at him like, maybe don't make light of people who have gone to rehab. And then he retweets or he, then he quote treat, tweets back at them, maybe Google my name sometime. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times. <laughs> yeah, I'm it reminds me of uh, of um, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> rehab has changed me. <laughs> That's another one I've got to get to at some point. Oh, that I made April watch it the other day, and she was like, well, I understand you more. That doesn't mean <laughs> I like you more. <laughs> I'll get there. Oh, man. But, yeah, this is a, it's a good song. So, so I mean, overall, so far, we're six songs into Drive-By Trucker's Jason Isbell material. Yeah. And, I mean, he's turning out some really solid work. I mean, I mean he's, he, already, he's already turned out. He's already had, like, his Willie Nelson, uh, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, Red-Headed Stranger Night, you know, where he wrote the two best songs of his career all yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I don't remember. There were two It might have been those two. Willie Nelson wrote two of his most famous songs in the same night. Um, what a night. <laughs> what a night, yeah. What a night. It's, uh, I mean, well, and again, like, uh, back to Bruce Springsteen. It's the Dancing in the Dark or Blinded by the Light. Um, yeah. So... Um, yeah, man. So these are these are some good songs. I'm excited, and, and we still have four more uh, Isabel uh, Drive by Trucker songs to get to, and we'll get to those next week. So 
Um, J- JB, what, what what do you think? What is the MVP of the four songs that we or the six songs that we looked at? What, what's the one? If you were going to go to a uh, four hundred unit show and you were going to be like, okay, you get to vote. He's going to do one of these six songs. Which one do you vote for? Well, I, I think that th- those are two different questions because I would hope for the outfit outfit because I've already seen Decoration Day. Okay, but if I had seen both, I'd want to see Decoration Day again. I mean, okay. unless outfit. <laughs> I mean, hard to beat it, but it, it could. It's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> there's not as much room for epic solo, though. <laughs> for There's not as much room for, like, a Jason Sadler face-off. That's a good um, point. Which is another, like, like Bruce Springsteen and Nils being in the same band, right? Like, Jason Isbell and Sadler Vaden being in the same band is an embarrassment of riches. It, it is. Those two guys. Sadler When Vaden the newest is... record came out and overseas, they were like, Sadler, that guitar work on overseas is incredible and he goes i wish i could take credit for it that was 100 percent jason uh, i mean it took me a few days but i learned the intro and that is a bendy guitar part that makes you feel <laughs> like a real hero like a guitar hero i've been standing in my office by myself just ripping that for like i did that for like 45 minutes a day just mm. over and over i mean it's five seconds of guitar work <laughs> just over and over and over i do love some good air guitar um yeah <laughs> It would sound better if it was your guitar, but I got it. <laughs> oh, you had real guitar. Right, right. I forget right. you're a real guitar player. Um, all right. Well, next week we're going to do Drive-By Truckers Part 2. We're going to get to the rest of the songs that Jason wrote and performed with the Drive-By Truckers. And uh, then we'll we'll be able to get into his solo material after that. So uh, mm. anyway, so he, we're doing something kind of fun also with our, our bonus content. So if you're a patron... Uh, where if you want to be a patron, you can go to alphabetical spring or no, I'm sorry, uh, patreon.com forward slash Springsteen and join up at any level and you can get our bonus uh, episodes. And what we're doing with the bonus episodes, uh, we'll, we'll probably explain this again in the bonus episode, but uh, we we're taking the new Rolling Stone top 500 albums of all time list that they just released earlier this year, back in September, I think. And what we're doing is we're, we're picking, we're starting at four, 491 to 500. We're, we're, we're taking a segment of 10 and JB and I are each picking one song from those 10 to discuss. So, so two, want, we're going to rec- discuss two of of every 10 songs until we get from 500 all the way up to one. Right. So the the hardest part is deciding which two which which two albums to talk about. So JB picks one and I pick one and yeah. then we come together and we're we're going to talk about it. So that's Well, and the, like we were talking about and we were we were laughing like does this mean these are 10 great albums or have we just gotten pretentious <laughs> in our pursuit of yeah. uh music, but like the the bottom 10 on the top 500 re- records of all time list. I think that we could you could have hit record and we we could have talked about eight of the 10 between the two of us as if they were probably one of our favorite records. Like they're incredible. They're all great. I mean, the new Harry Styles record is on there and I love it, you know, and then there's like the Ronettes, obviously on the record. Yes. Thinking that that record is one of my all time favorites. So it's, it's, it's a fun exercise so far. And we're only one episode in. And we haven't even recorded that yet. We're, 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 we're about to, so we're about to see how fun this exercise really is. And if you want to be there with us, then feel free to go join as a patron and uh, join, and you can follow along on that feed that JB updates. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. I'm excited to to get into that. So if you're on the main feed, the next week we're gonna continue talking about uh, Jason's years with the Drive By Truckers. And then if you're on the Patron feed, you can hop over there and you can listen to us talk about two of the 500 albums that Rolling Stone lists as the 500 greatest albums of all time. So um, anyway, JB. I think that's that's all I've got. You got anything else? 
No, that's it. All right. Well, then uh, you'll hear from us. If you're a patron, you'll hear from us in just a second. And if you're not a patron, you'll hear from us next week. So until then, I'm Rob. That's JB. And we will see you next time.